Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you again. Um, I uh, am excited today to be with Brother Rick Mortensen, um, who is a good friend of mine and, and uh, has, is, is like a grandfather of seminary and institute. So, Rick, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you from a grandpa perspective. <laughs> He's not that much older than me, but he was, he was more of like a mentor type to me when I uh, first started in with Seminary and Institute. So uh, excited to, to be with him today. He, uh, I don't know that he even knows that, but, but leading from afar and, and uh, uh, I've watched him for many years. So I'm excited to be with him today. And, and we're going to be in uh, Jonah and Micah today. But before we start, I, I just want to, to give Rick an opportunity to introduce himself so people out there know who he is and tell us about your family and some exciting things going on. Just anything you want. Yeah. So I've been in seminaries and institutes for almost 19 years. Okay. And have bounced around the Treasure Valley primarily. I've only been in this area. Um, my wife and I of good heavens, now you're making me think it's that grandpa mind. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got to remember how many years. It's been 27 years okay. we've been married cool. and have three wonderful children. Well, they are wonderful. At least till right now. I never know. Um, my <laughs> up to this point, they've been the, wonderful. Up right? to today. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's just, my youngest is getting ready to enter the MTC um, Wednesday. Okay. And so. Yeah, like in Provo? In Provo. So she's yeah. doing home MTC right now. She is. How fun. That's a wonderful experience. Yeah. Uh, our home has been transformed and I love it. Love everything about it. And so either the joke is in our home. Either she's going to burn down Pennsylvania or she's going to <laughs> baptize the whole state. So we shall see. That's cool. That's cool. How exciting. <laughs> no, but in addition to that, one of the highlights is I am a grandpa for oh. the first time and about a year. And my little granddaughter is a year and two months old. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. And I have a grandson coming in a couple of months. Very so we're fun. just excited. Very kind of fun. Living the dream. Well, love it. Love it. Uh, we're, again, just so grateful to work with you. And, I, and it's one of the blessings of working for Seminary and Institute as we get to rub elbows with some pretty fantastic people. So uh, excited to be with you. We are going to be in uh, Jonah and Micah today. Um, like we've said, Brother Mortensen, where where would you like to start us? Is there something you want to uh, to teach us at the beginning? You want to give us some context? You want to, I don't know, I'm just going to turn it over to you. You teach me. Perfect. Well, yeah, that was the part that I was mostly afraid of. Because <laughs> um, I think that as I study this, especially the Old Testament this year with Come Follow Me, a lot of these names, like if you go to start in Jonah 1.1, you hear the word of the Lord unto Jonah and the son of Amittai, and you're like, I don't even know if that's the way to say his name. Yeah. Um, one of the principles that I've taught myself, I don't know even know if it's true or not, but is to be careful not to get so hung up in all of the 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 what's-its and the where's-its to where I forget the why's-its. Right, yeah. And so um, as far as context, we could 
I hope your listeners yeah. will know yeah. more than I. Go find all, take the time. I think one of the things about this podcast that, that I enjoy is we don't spend a ton of time doing that. Um, you know, just that, just that, just enough to know where we're at and what we're doing and then why a space may matter or something like that. But, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's huge to me that the why is more important than the where and the what. Jonah yeah. commanded. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and as I was preparing for this, um, I was thinking about our, our young single adults and, and what principles of the story of Jonah might be the things that will help inspire our young single adults or anyone, our young adults to, um, to try to become and perhaps respond in a different way. We know Jonah was commanded by the Lord <clears throat> to go and to preach the gospel to Nineveh, to the people. And as we are often sent to places where we either like it yeah. or we don't. Yeah. And, and oftentimes those struggles are in our own mind. Sure. Uh, do I want to do ministering? Yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> do I want to go to the Nineveh part of my ward, or do I rather stay at the uh, with the the part of my ward that I feel more comfortable with? Yeah. And so I, I I really related to this struggle that he had to 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 not want to. Yeah, yeah. I think there's places on earth today people are called to serve that that, are, that would be mentally tougher to serve in just because of. The culture, what's going on there, um, maybe the surrounding region, places that are, you know, Nineveh for, for Jonah would have been like going to the capital of the enemy uh, almost. And not that it was the capital, but it was a major city back then. And, mm. and that would have been looked at like, a, oh, man, this is kind of a scary, scary place to serve. And, and what's, what I think is awesome is maybe we'll find out later that, that, that the Lord knows the hearts of the people in Nineveh. Even though the outward appearance of the Ninevites might be scary to a to a Jonah, love it, right? Love it. And as you were saying that, I thought again of my daughter and my home MTC experience I'm having with her right now. When she first, and I hope if she hears this, she'll be okay with this. Um, as she received her call, and it's to the the Pennsylvania Philadelphia mission. Sure. One of the things she struggled with was the fact that it wasn't a foreign call and she yeah. somehow felt that she wasn't as good as her dad mm -hmm. or her brother or her sister, you know, filled the list in. And, and she struggled with that. And, and the thing that wasn't, that was the hardest for me as a dad to watch is as she struggled, she knew she shouldn't struggle mm. yet she did. Mm. And so her hardest part was saying, why am I struggling with this? I know I shouldn't yet I do. Yeah. And how I think that, I think Jonah struggled to the point where he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to hide from it. That's even, right. right. Like, oh man. <laughs> I'm not just going to oh. ignore the Nineveh of my ward. I'm going to just run the other way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like verse two. It's just the instruction, right? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. He's not just called to go proclaim the gospel. He's called to go tell them what they're doing wrong. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty specific invitation. And, and you're right, man. That would be a, he, knowing that he should go because it's a call from the Lord, but at the same time, not wanting to go do what he's been asked to do. And I think it's very common. I think it's so common. It is. It is. And I love the fact that 
Well, I mean, if we keep going in the story, yeah. but the Lord sent out, he, so he runs the other way yeah. and he finds a ship. And, mm-hmm. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And so I, I love the fact that the author here put, well, well the Lord's really, his hand is in this yeah, right. the whole time. Yeah. And as he's on this ship and, the, the, you know, the tempest and things, and it's like, I love the, what is it in verse 10 there? Um, why hast thou done this? Yeah. <laughs> right? Boy, if we could put that on the forefront of our minds. Yeah, the, those men with them, right? The men say, why Why did you do this? Why did you get on our boat? Hello? <laughs> Look, you've brought the wrath of God with you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what a great principle, is, especially our, our adult, our young adults. Do we really consider the impact of our choices on those around us? Yeah, right. And... And I know that we do, and we don't make choices depending on what others may say, think, or do. Sure. However, we probably ought to let that truth sink in yeah. as we're making or prior to the choice, hopefully. Well, yeah, and, and I think correctly, we don't look left and right. We look up and identify whether a choice is right or wrong. But, but I think if you look holistically at one's life, their choices in, impact their own family. And uh, Elder Uchtdorf. Uh, you know, the one degree concept in, in flight, right? That you end up really far off by the time you end your, end your journey. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, these, these men on this boat, cause Jonah got on it trying to hide from the Lord. Yeah. Are a little like, Hey, what, why, <laughs> why'd you bring this to us? Oh, right? yeah, Maybe man. our children are like that with us sometimes. Why, dad, why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you teach me correctly? Why didn't you, right? Oh, yeah. And that great example you shared with President Uchtdorf. It's not only that that you that one degree, but there's other people on your plane yeah. that are trusting in the choices you're making at the helm. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that principle. That's wonderful. Thank you. Love it. Keep going there. Let's keep going here. So then said they. I'm looking at verse eleven and Jonah. If it's okay, yep. um, what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? And he mm. said, Take me and throw me off. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. I love that phrase. Mm. For I know that it is my, for my sake, that this great tempest is upon you. I, And I think, again, taking that back to verse 4, that the Lord is, <laughs> the Lord loves us and his, his grace and his love. He's going to help us know when, okay, I, I'm really at fault here. Yeah. Yeah, not what a difficult concept too, right? For some time, sometimes in our life where we know we've messed up, it's impacted other people around us to own it for them and say, I'm sorry, this is how you fix this. You get rid of me, <laughs> you lob me off, right? Lob me off and send me overboard. And, <laughs> but, but what's cool, I, I love verse 13. Can I read that? Please. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not for the sea rot and was temp- tempestuous against them. For they cried out unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging, right? There, I think that's beautiful, right? And that's how, that's how we are. We see people around us struggle, and maybe even affects us. Um, and the fastest way to fix the problem is get rid of the person, right? Just mm-hmm. cut them out of our life and say, we're done with you. And it, maybe it would solve this, solve the problem. Maybe the, maybe the, the sea would have been just as calm. 
But what a beautiful principle to say, no, we can, we're going to try to keep you part of my life. And until the Lord says, no, this isn't, this isn't the way, let, let's let him go. Um, maybe we ought to try harder to keep some people in our lives. Obviously not with abuse and things like that, but, but, uh, maybe we're too quick to write people off and, and say, well, the Lord wouldn't want me to be your friend because of what you've done or what you're doing or, you know, maybe we're too fast to walk away. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Cool. <clears throat> Then the men feared, men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice. And then we, well, Jonah figures this out. <laughs> I like, what does it say? I cried by reason of mine affliction in verse two. Yeah. And he heard me. Yep. <laughs> three days, three nights three in. Three days. So he goes to, <laughs> yeah, here he is in the water and, yeah. and the mighty fish whale yeah. has a, has a, and I love this principle. I think come follow me articulates it really well. It's, it's interesting to see the, you know, this experience he has in the belly of the fish and, and how, what did the savior want to teach when he was, when he conveyed or relayed the, the story of Jonah? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I think I had that we're probably going to get there soon. Yeah. Three days and three nights. Yeah. Right. That's the atonement. That's the, the, the death and burial and resurrection of the Savior, that's what he, am, am I right in remembering that correctly? Yeah. That that's what the Savior ties to, to this story. That's it. Yeah. And, and you think, well, is it about ignoring the Lord when he asks? Right. Is it about, yes, it's kind of, but the, the, the big purpose, hopefully, that Jesus Christ wanted to make sure we understood the story was that you can come forth from the belly of, well, look at how it says it yeah. right there in verse two, out of the belly of hell. <laughs> he does, you know, the verse one talks about the fish's belly, but verse two really, I mean, the belly of hell doesn't, right. you can be delivered from that because of the Savior. Yeah, I think about where that fish was, right? It, it was at a place where you were not coming back. Right. It was, the, and I don't know how, how deep that fish swam, but a fish big enough to swallow a man whole, uh, assuming we take this literally and, and then, and then to swim around in the ocean for three days. You know, that fish probably was pretty deep. The dregs of hell probably would have been how he felt, right? Being down that far. Even if he'd spit him out, it's likely he'd have just drowned being where he was. And, uh, and to pray in that place. Maybe teaches us something, right? That that's where he was. He was he had he had died effectively in his mind, and yet still praying and asking for help. And thou heardest my voice. I remember it's a handful of years ago, um, praying, and 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 you know, there's moments. I mean, normally you're praying, and it's kind of like you know, my life's doing pretty good. I got a couple things I'm thinking, but this was a moment in my life when I was praying. And I had something that I really wanted Specific. to just deal with yeah. and have Father manifest his hand in my life. And excuse me, I remember a month, I, I, was, I don't know the time frame. Mm-hmm. A time went by for some time and I remember the, the answer. It was essentially, Rick, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was asking him, to solve my problem, when in reality, what I needed is for is the knowledge that I was being heard, mm. and and so that phrase there with Jonah again, I love how you said that mm. in the belly of hell, out in the middle, and, and all of this that was going on, and and even in that moment, 
to know that Father is hearing mm. us. Yeah. Maybe sometimes that's just the answer we need. Well, and, and, and that there's still action involved, right? Like, I love that, that you realize that you're, all you really needed was the Lord to say, Hey, I hear you. To God to say, I'm aware. Um, but, but look at what Jonah, Jonah does here. He says, uh, verse four, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. Right? The action is I'm going to turn. Your action was I'm going to pray. Right. And, and just your action, just his action to turn. Um, he was willing to say, I recognize I've done wrong. We get to maybe there's more in here you want to touch on. But by the time we get to verse seven, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. There's something that, um, I'm reminded in the Book of Mormon, right? With, with, uh, Alma the Younger, remembering all the things his father had taught or, or, um, or uh, Enos, remembering all the things his father had taught. Nephi, remembering all the things his father had taught. And, and Nephi doesn't paint it like he was a, a doubter, right? He, does, he doesn't paint himself as a doubter at the beginning. But, but what else is it to go to the Lord and say, really, Heavenly Father, is this what I'm supposed to do? Um, it, I'm supposed to leave my family. I'm supposed to leave everything I know. I'm, this vision seems crazy. Are we really losing Laman and Lemuel? I want to see it, right? And, and, and maybe it isn't, I'm going to jump into the belly of a whale and I'm, all, I'm out, but it is, I don't understand this, and so I've got some questions. Um, but to keep himself facing the right direction towards the temple and his covenants, right? Um, and to remember the Lord uh, in the times where we're so far off, to turn and to remember, I think, is all that he needs. And then he says, I hear you, Rick. I hear you. I'm aware. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, cool. I think I, I appreciate how you said that. And as you were... Articulating that in my mind, I'm listening and trying to reference what the um, devotionals have been for our young adults. Hmm. I mean, we can see the pattern that, I mean, we're talking apostles yeah. and prophets every time that are addressing our young adults. And for that message to be exactly what you said, to be reiterated from yeah. them, yeah. should, I hope, for everyone listening, gives you an assurance that Father knows who you are. Yeah. He's speaking to you, and you are intelligent. You have the power within you. Keep praying, and you're going to come out of the belly of hell. Man, I love that. I, I also love I also love the idea that is being presented now that we can receive it on our own. We don't need the, the list of things in the first strength of the youth anymore to give us a guideline. Um, all those things probably still exist, right? It didn't become okay to lie with a woman, a member of the opposite sex, while making out with them. That's not okay because it's not written down, right? right. Um, but but if you look holistically at what's being taught, it is giving the – it's a higher level, right? It's it's you're capable of, of learning and, and feeling the spirit and, and creating your own lists of things that are appropriate and not appropriate and, and that – while the gathering is happening, um, you're you're part of that. You need to be you need to be clean enough to be worthy enough to receive the revelations you're going to need um, to be a, a member of the gathering tribe that that goes out. I'm remembering back to um, Jeremiah, where uh, it talks about how Ephraim is the birthright. Child of God, right. right? Of all the tribes of Israel, Ephraim is is the one that holds the birthright, and 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 so many of us, especially in the United States, are blessed in our patriarchal blessings to be a tribe of member of the tribe of Ephraim, and mm-hmm. and man, there comes some big responsibilities with that, and so now we're being taught 
live up to those, yeah. right? And, and, and own it on your own and don't look for, for guidance from every little thing from all the people, right? I, uh, so well, cool. I love that you said that, Matt. I, I went back to the, for the strength of youth that just came out. And the, and the very first thing from the message from the first presidency says, our dear young brothers and sisters, we love you and we have confidence in you. Right. I don't know that there's any greater message from anyone mm. than to hear, I trust you. Yeah. And, and we need to take that trust. And it's well-deserved. Yeah. They've Our youth and young adults have been promised to be here on this earth at this time. We all know it. Yeah. Now live up to it. Take it. Yeah, that's really cool. It was it was uh, the day after general conference. I was speaking with some youth, and I said, "What do you What do you love about this?" And one young woman raised her hand. She said, "I love that we are the first generation trusted to live it like this, to not have the list." Um, And then she expanded, and she said, "I worry that because I had the list." I will be able to kind of keep myself straight, but my children will not have had the list. Mm. And so I worry that things like tattoos and things that, you know, are left to you and Heavenly Father. And, right. and, uh, and I said, well, how, how will they make those choices? How will that, will it be the same for every child? And, um, and she said, yeah, I think it will because the spirit's always the same. If people are actually doing what they're invited to do here and, and ask from Heavenly Father who trusts them. And, and isn't that Jonah, right? Yeah. He's trusted. Our eyes go to that great city, Nineveh, right? This, this place that is so going to destroy you. But I trust you. You can do it. You can right? do it. Yeah. He sends him right into the belly of the beast. And, and then Jonah says no and then dives into his own beast, <laughs> doesn't he? He says, no, I'll get in my own mess here. <laughs> And then he gets there and then he starts having this experience where, yeah. well, they're, they just need to be destroyed. Yeah. They're not listening. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, <laughs> you kind of wanted to be a, a fish in the pond yeah. with Jonah at the time. And he's, the fish would probably be going, well, Jonah, that's exactly where you were. Right. Were you not in yeah. the belly of hell? And now you're teaching them that are quote unquote in the belly yeah. of hell and yeah. yet you're being unmerciful. Right. Man, what a message to us, right? How often we want to teach other people how to be better when we've been exactly like them in right. in our lives, right? Oh, man. Oh. And so this experience that he has, I love it, especially as he leaves. I think it's the, I tried to remember this, is um, <clears throat> the people of Nineveh repent. God saw their works and they turned from their evil way. Jonah chapter 3, I think that's yep, in verse yep, 10. Yep. And um and didn't destroy him. And then, <laughs> but Jonas, he was very angry. Chapter four, he was displeased with God's mercy upon the people. <laughs> and you're like, okay, hang on Wait a, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Mm. And, and you wonder sometimes, and in, in such an environment that we're growing up in now, I, I don't entirely relate to what our youth are facing. Yeah. Because their challenges are so different and the environment they're growing up in is entirely different. Right. And I feel like an older generation, but as I've tried to understand them um, and, and the things that come to their mind, I, I often wonder, <laughs> you know, just like with Jonah here, I don't know, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry. How often do we get angry? And God extends mercy to someone else. Right? 
and, and he had literally just had mercy extended to him, right? Spat out of a whale, come up from the dregs of hell, according to himself, right? Sp- spit onto the seashore, he rushes himself off, goes and does what he was asked to do. The people repent, and he's like, wait a minute. You're the bad guys. You're not supposed to repent, right? That's right. And, uh, and that, that message reminds me of that, uh, the idea that we, we are envious when the Lord um, provides benefit in someone else's life often. We see people uh, who are, are given some leg up in some way, and we become envious. It reminds me of um, Elder uh, uh, Holland, who said, uh, Brothers and sisters, there are going to be times in our lives when someone else gets an unexpected blessing or receives some special recognition. May I plead with us not to be hurt and certainly not to feel envious, when good fortune comes to another person, we are not diminished when someone else is added upon. We are not in a race against each other to see who is the wealthiest or the most talented or the most beautiful or even the most blessed. The race we are really in is the race against sin. And surely envy is one of the most universal of those. He goes on just quickly here. He says, furthermore, envy is a mistake that just keeps on giving. <laughs> Obviously, we suffer a little when some misfortune befalls us. But envy requires us to suffer all good fortune that befalls everyone we know. What a bright prospect that is, downing another quart of pickle juice every time anyone around you has a happy moment, right? Like these people had just repented and and were finally seeing God for the first time, maybe in their entire lives and coming to the joys of the gospel. And, and Jonah's like, wait a minute, this is God, what? What about me? <laughs> like, oh man, you've already got it. You've, you, you, how blessed will you be for having gone and been a missionary, and yet because of their blessing, we're we're somehow diminished. Well, and we sit, and you know, you and I are sitting here and chuckling and laughing, and we're like, duh. <laughs> yet I wonder how Father looks at us, and he may be looking and saying, duh, <laughs> duh, Matt. <laughs> is it Jonah? Yeah. It should be the Book of Rick right, right. here in the scriptures where. And that's oh. why I think it's such a profound, I love that quote, holy cow, that you just shared. And, and that's why the, the only way to, you can't just click the I'm not going to be envious button. Right. The natural yeah. man, the button says, I'm going to be envious. Yeah. That's why when we put off the natural man through the atonement of Jesus Christ, it allows us and frees us to celebrate the yeah. wonderful things that are happening mm. to people around us. Yeah, and, well said. Anyway, well said. I love that. I love that. And I, I, I just quickly, Jonah chapter four, verse four. Then said the Lord, "Doest thou well to be angry? Is this <laughs> is this blessing you at all?" And, and right, he's, he's just hearkening right to Elder Holland's comments there. Does this benefit you at all? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would come of the city. So he sits, he's, I don't know whether he's like angry still, sitting on the side, he's like, well, I'm just going to watch this city, <laughs> yeah. see what goes down over here. Yeah, right? yeah no oh. kidding. <clears throat> anyway, I, I think this is just a wonderful story. Well, and then he goes, he just continues to teach. Yeah. Verse six, the Lord God prepared a cord, made it to come up over Jonah. So this merciful father yeah. seeing his wonderful Jonah that, tried and did great and the people are repenting and yet still a little bitter and now the lord is going to well let me provide some shade for you while you're Mm -hmm. sitting here Mm -hmm. in your judgmentalness Mm 
And so he prepared, so he got this cord, and then he also, the next day, verse 7, prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd, and it was withered. And so you've got this, so now the Lord extends this great mercy, just, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. If Jonah at this moment is sitting here being judgmental, and I hope he destroys that city, they, yeah. you know, there's no, yeah. and then the Lord still says, well, let me give you a little bit of shade while you're sitting yeah. here in your yeah. pity. Yeah, and then and then when it when it dies, wished himself to die. Jonah wished himself to die. It, it is better for me to die than to live, right? Yeah, yeah. And and maybe this is a repentant moment for him, right? God said in verse nine to Jonah, "Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd?" And he said, "I do well to be angry even unto death." <laughs> then said the Lord, "Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night." And should I not should not I spare Nineveh, the great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? This place you went and served; these are people that didn't know right from wrong. And why 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 would you rather me save this gourd than save this people? Right? Why why are you why are you so thin? Maybe, yeah. It caused me to reflect on the, and I don't know if I can kind of share this. The, what is it? The parable of the of the servants. I don't remember where they were promised a penny. Yeah. For you know, for the those the, is who it the laborers to, in the field. That's right. Is that the one? Yeah. Even those that were offered a penny at the very beginning of the day, and as they they labor for the Lord, they of the gladly day, accepted that payment. That absolutely. was absolutely sure. Yeah. That's the mercy of the Lord. Said, so I will promise this to you if you do this and. Yeah. And for those that come in at the very end of the shift, and he extends the same promise, and there really is no way for us to be angry. No, no, and you know, but if we're if we're honest, there is a component that says, "Well, how is it fair? How is it? How is it?" And maybe with an eternal perspective, I can see that you know the Lord will bless those that live their entire lives. Um, maybe differently than he blessed us on earth, um, that were faithful to the end and held to the rod all the way through. I mean, we know that there are blessings associated with each, each action. And so if I only, if I only acted on 10% of the blessings that I could have, right. uh, I'm only going to have those blessings in the next life. Not that that stops my eternal progression, but especially if I've accepted the gospel, but, mm. but what blessings are you given in the next life because you lived a faithful life the whole way through, right? Absolutely. It's, it's a pretty temporal thought to think, well, how's it fair for me if this guy joins a church at 90 years old and I live 90 years of my life a member of the church? How's that fair? Well, maybe it isn't if all we're thinking about is the 90 years you were on earth, right? That's right. He didn't kill the fatted calf. No, right? <laughs> but the eternities for that guy, I want that for that guy. I yeah. shouldn't want Nineveh to, to die, Without the gospel, I shouldn't want that guy to die without the gospel because the eternal consequence for that guy are, are so different. And I want him to have it. I just want to be recognized for what I've done. That, I think that's an honest assessment, and I think the Lord will do that. And I think as we carry the name of Jesus Christ to the best of our own ability, then I don't, you know, then it, it, how can I be angry? How? How can I? Yeah. I mean, he extends, say, such, what is it? Such great mercy as to one as... Right, such as I. Such as I. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think often about people that are wronging me in some way. Mm-hmm. 
And the visual that has come to my mind most of the time now is if I got to be present in their judgment, would I say, get him, God? Or, or would I say, oh, man, I hope he can forgive him for that. Or I hope he can, you know, I hope he owns it and I hope he recognizes it. And I don't even need him to talk to me about it. I don't, that guy, just deal with it with the Savior and you got, I'll be fine. Give him a hug at the end of the day. Again, there are some things that I'm sure, you know, that would be very difficult to do, abuse and um, you know, things like of that nature. But I think most things, when we can get out of our own temporal state and think eternally, we, we want them to be with us eternally. Love, what is it, the greatest commandment in the law is mm-hmm. to love God with all our heart and mm-hmm. then to love our neighbor. I know sometimes as, <clears throat> as I have grown up and you get older and the neighbors come and go and there's some neighbors you're like, wow, you're just not like the last one we had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably say that the same with us and yeah. maybe to recognize that I'm going to need the help of him to see my neighbor a little more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I love that principle. What Jonah is one of my favorite books. It's so clear. It's short. <laughs> he gets it done in four chapters. <laughs> Um, and tells the whole story. And there's, there's probably a, a hundred different, um, analogies you could make. I love that the Savior talks about the resurrection. Um, that's his connection to it. But man, I think there's so many ways we could take, uh, learning from, from Jonah's story and just his honesty about himself is, you know, pretty cool. I wish there was a chapter five. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that Jonah would have. You know what? What, yeah. what kind of happened? What was that? What was the end of the story? Yeah, what after yeah. that gourd withered away? And did you look at heaven and go, "Okay, <laughs> Heavenly Father, I think I get it now." Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I look forward to those those experiences though in the next life, where you know maybe we're all sitting around and you know all the all the questions have been asked, the real like you know heavy stuff, like polygamy and all those questions, right? And and the Savior's like, "Anybody got another one?" I'm sure somebody. Maybe it'll be me or you. Raise your hand, Jump, Mike, Jonah. Where are you at, Jonah? What happened? <laughs> Chapter five, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tell your story, Jonah. Take the mic. Give us five minutes. Oh, right? yeah. It isn't that insightful way to look at when you read the scriptures. I especially think of like Joseph Smith. Yeah. And there's so much, so many questions and so many things that some people that struggle with the prophet mm-hmm. and some of the even actions in, in, in church history. And we and we sometimes even get very critical. And in those moments when I want to get critical, I have to remind myself that these are people just like me and try probably to do their best. Yeah. And, and I do believe, absolutely believe led by father. True. Father also, I mean, look at Jonah Yeah, led him and it wasn't quite as crystal clear and clean. Yeah. It wasn't this straight mm-hmm. path. Our paths are often not straight. Yeah. Right. But God guides. <clears throat> and God has a plan, right? The, the plan was 300 years ago, have that fish be born. Yeah, no kidding. Right, that, no that kidding. could grow to that size or whatever. And it was, to right? cough him up, and yeah, like I like how you said that. He could have done it ten miles out yeah. to sea and say, "I'm yeah. done with you." Brought him right to the shore. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Get going. <laughs> well, take us into Micah. Is there is there something in Micah you could point us to that might be relevant to us? You know, I think if I were to just I, and I really, as I looked at the book of Micah, um, thought about how in his prophetic view, he he. He focused on some of the things that the nobles were doing sure. to the just the normal people. Mm-hmm. Like being, for those that may have had debts or things of that sort, being very critical and very 
unjust. Yeah. And as I thought, and I, we, we mentioned just a little bit briefly about the social injustices that Micah was speaking to. He wasn't necessarily talking to the leaders of nations. Mm -hmm. He was more about, hey, you guys that are here, why are you treating people so unfairly? Yeah. 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 I think it, it's important to realize, you know, it's interesting as we get towards the, the latter part of the Old Testament, um, it, it, you know, we finish with Isaiah, we get to Jeremiah and, and we kind of think that because Lehi left at that point, 11 years later, it's all captured, right? We think that, well, that must have happened. And now we're talking to a different group of people, but this is really, uh, Micah is a contemporary of Isaiah, right? He would have been living at the same time. And right. so it's really just a whole bunch of books stacked together that are talking about the same time period, um, learning uh, the same principles maybe, um, but maybe directed in a little bit different place, right? So Micah's focusing his, his more towards the, um, the, the inequality of, of what was going on at the time, um, as opposed to speaking directly to the people about their need to repent, like Micah had, or just, yeah, John had just done. Yeah. Um, now he's kind of talking to a little bit different group. Well, isn't that beautiful? As you articulated that, I'm sitting here thinking, well, why, or how, what does that look like today? As we have 15 of God's appointed sure. apostles on yeah. the earth. And, and you know, you can almost, like an Elder Ballard, when he speaks, we're going to hear about pioneers. Right. You just know that. Yeah. Or about church history, yeah. or the, you know, that kind of that bedrock faith yeah. that's always been there. And as you listen to some apostles speak. Elder Oaks always talking about something legal aspect <laughs> or some law that, it, uh, even of the gospel, right? That's that right. will be true in the next life or true in this life. He's very good at that. Uh, and President Nelson's going to help us understand, like, the healing part because yeah. of, uh, as, a, as a physician. Yeah. And that's who he is. And, yeah. and I like how you said that, even those brethren that are our contemporaries, mm. each of them have a different kind of aspect, and yet all centered on bearing witness of Jesus Christ, yeah. his grace, his mercy, his infinite love. Yeah, yeah, so good. Amos, Hosea, Jonah, these would all have been contemporaries with him and Isaiah at the same time. So good. Take us in. Where will we look? Well, I'm just going to kind of... I find there was, a, if it's okay, if it's okay, we'll go to chapter four. Okay. I have this highlighted here. and um, But in the last days, as prophets do foretell of things that are to come. But in the last days, oh, amen, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, mm -hmm. and it shall be exalted above the hills. People shall flow into it, and many nations shall come and say, come. And let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. Mm. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Mm. You, you think about, I, I, I'm listening and watching the news about the Ukraine and, mm. and with Russia. And I, I wonder, golly, what's going to be left of that city yeah. um, or that country? And, yeah. And I just can't wait for the day when we get to go in and build again and build yeah. a people and strengthen them. Well, and on both sides of that fight, right? I, mean, you, you, I, I know people who've just gotten back from Russia in missions, right? And, and while you might have um, military leaders or governmental leader, leaders that are, that are not righteous and, and maybe on both sides uh, to some degree, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago that Ukraine was pretty... Um, nefarious place to do business or to, to have government run. And and, uh, and yet, what are the prophets and apostles saying? They're not picking sides there. They're saying, be kind to each other and stop fighting. And, 
you know, and be righteous and, and do right. And, and so you wonder what, like, like you said, what, what will happen to the people under those oppressive rules? one side or the other right right yeah that's a great uh, well that's why i love it and if i were to be open enough to go and right to the end of micah yeah please. where <clears throat> again that thread even even in the last days all these great things are going to happen i again think that he's echoing throughout this entire micah chapter 7 at the very end in 18 and 19 who is a god like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage mm. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Mm. Love that phrase. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. Mm. And if we can remind ourselves that as God does that with us, even as he provides the mountain of the Lord or the mountain in the tops of the mountains in the latter days, mm -hmm. that's mercy extended to us who might right now may be feeling a little unjustly treated yeah, um, or maybe not, or whether it's a, a Jonah that was puked out of the belly of a fish yeah. um, that, that God delighteth in mercy. Yeah. I love that. I love that, uh, that message that the Savior's, because of the Savior, God can delight in mercy. Um, he, though he has to abide by justice, mm -hmm. he's allowed, because of the Savior's atonement, um, to uh, delight in being merciful um, and allowing the Savior to take what he will um, from us based on our indications. And, and maybe just to, just to back up and Please. for one verse to close us out here. Please. Chapter, chapter 6. Um, verse 8, he says, He hath shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God? That's it. Do justly, love mercy yourself. Mm -hmm. Even though God's going to be merciful to us at the end, he, he wants us to be merciful to each other. Um, and then to walk humbly with God. I love that concept, that walk. There's, I'm a pretty busy guy. I think we all are. We all, have, we all have lots going in our lives, and and I see myself running from one place to the next, and getting, you know, trying to get things done and whatever, and, and trying to be with the Lord, but He doesn't keep up. I'm I'm running right, and He's I, I leave Him all the time because He's walking, and I can't see Him, the Savior in His life, running from thing to thing that were so important to get done, and everything He did was so important to get done. Yeah. Right. And yet he walked humbly um, and got to where he needed to get. I'm reminded of the um, raising, uh, raising the dead. Right. He, he, he walked and did good on his journey um, to, to, to raise the dead. He healed the woman with uh, an issue of blood. Seems like most of his work was done on the way to do a big thing. And so I wonder, even as I think about our audience with us today and they have goals. They're like, well, once I get there, then I can. Yeah. When in reality, boy, today's the day. If you're breathing, yeah. we're, we're representing him. Yeah. That humble walk with the savior is where a lifetime with the savior comes from. Beautiful. It's not the, it's not the goal, though. The goals are good. I think they need it. I think the goals are good. Keep this direction. Yeah, and as but, we're, mm -hmm. what is it? What is the, uh, with the 10 lepers? Oh yeah. What is it that as they went, they mm -hmm. were healed? I mm -hmm. think that I don't remember if that was the right story. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it 
it's in the doing. I love that. Thank you for bringing that out. Of course. Thank you. <clears throat> this has been great. Uh, if there was one message, one thought you would share uh, with the young people of the church today or not the church, we've got listeners in Japan and China mm -hmm. uh, to this podcast and, and uh, not sure that all of our listeners are members of our faith. Um, we're studying the Old Testament. And we'd hope that others would would see value in what we talk about. But what would be a message to the young people today from from Rick Mortensen? Well, thank you. Um, first, thank you for this opportunity to learn from the Holy Ghost. And as we share the message of Christ, there is a hope that God is in control. Yeah. And I just, you know, to everyone that may be feeling a little Jonah E or Micah E or fill in the blank E mm -hmm. that um, as we put our trust in heavenly father and in the atonement and grace of Jesus Christ, that we have bright days ahead. Yeah. We are led by a prophet of God on the earth and he is as optimistic as anyone. I, he just knows. Mm -hmm. And as we keep our eyes on him, focus our hearts on Christ we're not going to be led astray. Yeah, man, thank you. I love that. Maybe it's why Jonah didn't write chapter five. <laughs> Could chapter be. five is yet to be. And uh, sitting I'm just under being impatient. Sitting, well, I don't know. <laughs> sitting under that tree, we we can go both directions, can't we? Amen. And maybe that's where I'm at today, sitting under the tree and writing chapter five tomorrow. So, Rick, thank you. It's been great to be with you. Thank you, Matt.